0: Welcome to Today's Issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Ed Vitagliano.
1: And welcome to Today's Issues. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wilman this week. I am joined in studio by Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred.
0: Good good morning to you. Beautiful Monday morning. It ain't raining. <laughs> so it's good. That makes it a beautiful day. Uh, I was uh, wanting to go
1: home after work today and, and cut the grass finally, but mm-hmm. then it rained again yesterday, so I may have to wait another day. Mm-hmm. At least that's going to be my excuse when I go home. <laughs> uh, Dr. Ray Pritchard is joining us from Kansas City. Ray, you don't ever make excuses like that, do you?
2: Oh, uh, all the time, Ed. All, <laughs> all well, look if it's raining and your grass is wet, you can't cut it right. You can't I mean, no.
0: I mean, uh, you, you
1: just can't. you just don't do that. It can ruin the mower. That's right. Make just, ruts in slip. it. Something you know? bad could happen. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Something, Something bad could happen. Bad That's could happen. If it gets any taller, I'm going to have to hire the young man who he does cut some grass around our neighborhood and and. uh, to pay him to do it let him ruin his mower you know what i'm saying so anyway we are uh excited uh about another week i was just telling uh fred and our and our uh, producer brent creely before the show folks i just i just let you know this this job is a blessing for Mm us it is it is a blessing to be able to uh study the news and read about what's happening and uh of course over in In your area, uh, Fred, you're the news director for One News Now. That's onenewsnow.com. You guys actually interview people, and Mm -hmm. we get to discuss the news of the day from a Christian perspective and uh, let our listeners know we have the best listeners in the world. And this job is a blessing, and we're folks, we just feel it a privilege to be able to do this when we come uh, before you on the radio. We know you have other things you could do with your time. Other places you could go, but you tune in to American Family Radio and this show and other shows like it. And we do appreciate appreciate your listening, appreciate your support, appreciate your prayers because it's not an easy thing to, to dig into these kind of things because a lot of it's just bad. Yes. You, you know, uh, yesterday, I, I do want to make uh, mention of the fact that uh, yesterday, which is June 13th, American Family Association, American Family Radio encouraged churches to show their appreciation for and recognition of law enforcement in mm-hmm. their community. Yes. We did that at the church I attend, Hope Church. Uh, I was very proud of our church for doing that. And uh, we took shifts. And so I was f- from 7 to 8 a.m. And we had eight officers come through from oh, really? the Tupelo police department here that that is the city in which our flagship station for the network is located here at our headquarters of american family association and it was just a real blessing to um to uh, talk to some of those uh, I, I mentioned one of our meetings of course i'm uh, let's see how old am i uh let's see uh, i'll be 63 in august okay so most people look younger to me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so there were, there were probably six out of the eight were young guys, twenties yeah. and thirties, just so grateful for their service to our community, and uh, that was that was a thrill yeah. to be able to. And 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 they were talking about this is what made me think about it. They were talking about the things that they have to see every day. Yeah, and each day, every day. Mm-hmm. a lot of bad stuff and it's getting worse because our country's moved away from God yes and uh Ray I don't mean to get into preach mode here uh, but uh so when that happens you have breakdown you have decay and so that's tough that's mm-hmm. tough seeing those kind of things and it's tough talking about those kind of things but you know what if you've got God on your side and you are living your life firmly firmly found it on the word of God, you can keep things in perspective. Yes. So anyway, I I, I don't, I don't want, I can get, I haven't preached in a while. So, you know, if, if you, if you, if you let, if you start letting it loose a little bit, Fred, I mean, uh, Ray, uh, sometimes just, it oozes out, doesn't it?
2: First of all, you look young to me. To to, (laughs) To go back to your earlier comment, I'm the oldest one in the room here Yeah, and Number two, you're right. Once you kind of get it in your bones, sometimes you just got to get it out. Yep. Just got to get it out.
1: All right. Well, let's let's talk about a lot of things happened over the weekend. Fred, let's get started.
0: Yeah, the dynamics of global politics um, have taken quite a change since the uh, November election of last year. Whether you like Donald Trump or not, he became a, a different type of global leader. Uh, to put it quite bluntly, uh, bluntly, he didn't put up with any nonsense from any global leader. I mean, the relationship with China changed dramatically right. from the Barack Obama years and even the George W. Bush years yes. uh, with China. Uh, he not only – Donald Trump not only said, hey, we're going to correct some things here, in particular the trade deficit, all that sort of thing. I'm going to do something about it. And that's what he did. He promised in the election campaign in 2016 that he would do so. And he did. Right. Same with Mexico. Uh, Likewise with Russia. Um, You know, Ukraine, for instance, uh, knew that Donald Trump had their back. Yeah. Uh, Not the same way anymore, and we want to talk about that. Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, is in Europe continuing his meetings, the G7 meetings, and then on to Brussels, etc., but there's a lot of news to report about that because on Wednesday, uh, President Biden has a meeting uh, with Russian President uh, Vladimir Putin. But there's a lot of stuff leading up to that. It's a very interesting story uh, this morning, pardon me, on, on Putin's upcoming meeting with Biden. When I ch- say a change in, in the global dynamics of a politics, Here's one thing. With regards to energy, there's a very interesting piece by Phil Flynn, who is a world-recognized uh, leading energy analyst. Now, here's here's what's been going on in our country since Joe Biden became president. Uh, basically, the Biden administration has set out to um, basically extinguish our fossil fuel industry. Keystone Pipeline. Right now, By the way, the shutdown of the Keystone Pipeline became official this weekend. Remember that Joe Biden had put a halt to it? Right. Well, officially it came an end to it. 11,000 people out of work, making us more dependent on other people. Putin is very happy to have Joe Biden there and uh, because one of the things the Biden administration has done, I want to just focus on oil for a second. Remember the Biden administration approved... Russia's Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, which Trump did not allow. This is a pipeline that's going, it's running underneath the Baltic Sea to Germany. All right. And so um, Trump wouldn't allow that. Biden does, which is really strange because we're cutting back on fossil fuels here in the United States. But Biden says, I'm OK with this pipeline running underneath the Baltic Sea. Here's something else from this uh, Phil Flynn, and you may not be aware of this. Are you aware that we import Russian oil into this country? I was not aware of that. Listen Hmm. to this. While the Biden administration suggested it is allowing the pipeline to improve relations with Germany, the reality is that it gives Russia more political influence within uh, Europe's biggest uh, economy. Now, Russia has snaked right in. This is, I'm still reading from this Phil Flynn article. Russia has snaked right into Biden's policy here in the United States. Listen to this. The country's exports of oil to the U.S. are at an all-time high, reaching almost 750,000 barrels per day in March, according to International Energy Agency, IEA, making Russia the number three oil exporter to the U.S., here at home, U.S. oil production has fallen by 1.715 million barrels from a year ago, so a large part of that void is being filled by Russia. Stop and think about this for a minute, folks. We're shutting down pipelines in this country. We're forcing us to import more oil from Russia. Do you think Vladimir Putin is sitting there saying, isn't this great? Now that we have Biden in place, uh, i Russia is n- no longer having to compete with the United States as it did with Trump. Trump set out to make us energy independent. Right. Now all of a sudden we're more indep- more dependent on the Russians. So we know how the meeting is going to go with Putin. And then on top of that, with regards to China. China, of course, isn't at this meeting. But China says, you better be nice to us. <laughs> you better be nice to us and stop, uh, stop criticizing us for the way we treat other human beings, citizens in this country, and stop complaining about uh, pandemic uh, sources and all that sort of thing. Russia is flexing its muscles. Right, It is not afraid of the United States anymore. It was really interesting. Nikki Haley, former UN ambassador, our UN ambassador, uh, was on Fox & Friends this morning. Uh, she gave this report card of what she has seen so far coming out of uh, Biden's performance in Europe. Cut number
3: two. Is America back signing on to the Paris deal? Is America back signing back to the Iran deal? Is, are those things in America's interest?
2: You know, I think what Biden's doing is Obama 2.0. He's going to go back and try and buy friends again. This isn't about having countries like us. This is about having countries respect us. And the way they respect you is when you take hard lines on tough issues. And Biden doesn't seem to be doing that. You know, the idea that the Iran deal is so dangerous. It's a death wish for Israel. We've talked about that here the whole time we've been in Israel. It's a death wish for Israel. They just got over a conflict. You're going to give them money to not only support terrorism, but to build nuclear weapons. And you're going to talk about climate change and you're going to talk about being friends again. That's not what this is about. The one thing President Trump did was he held his friends and enemies accountable.
0: Yeah, I think that's a pretty good report card. And we didn't even talk about prior to that. Talk about the Iran deal. Right. I mean, what's happening there? Netanyahu will deal with this story in a second. Netanyahu is Benjamin Netanyahu is no longer Uh, the head of the Israeli government as of last night, the vote there. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, But he is very concerned, obviously, about what uh, Biden's approach is to go back to the old Obama-Iran deal, not to mention the Paris Accord, uh, Energy Accord, getting us back involved with that, the United States. So all of that to say there has been a wholesale change in United States global policy since Biden became president and the The report card that's coming out is the assessment is the world looks at the Biden administration and sees a much weaker administration than when it was under Donald Trump.
1: You know, Ray, uh, I certainly agree with, uh, Fred's take on this. Um, and so here's just a couple of things to kind of, because there's a number of these issues, but they all seem to fit into the same discussion. And that is when president Trump was in office, he, uh, was very clear about what he intended to do. Unlike a lot of other presidents, including Republicans, he set out to do exactly what he said he was going to do. So his friends and his enemies, going to back to what Nikki Haley said, they knew what they were going to get with Donald Trump. So his policy was America first. I don't know why that is so controversial. It seems to me that any president should be putting America first so that our policies would not change substantially from one administration to the other. I don't know what's so hard about saying we're going to be energy independent. We're not going to listen to the radical left when it comes to the environment, when it comes to fracking, and I'm not an expert on fracking, but they were opposed to fracking. They were opposed to um, allowing uh, companies to drill in Anwar. For the the Alaska uh, Preserve, they were against uh, uh, drilling in the Gulf. They were opposed to the Alaska Pipeline. All these things which make us energy independent. Why is this such a bad? Uh, why should there be this kind of uh, radical back and forth when you switch presidents? Every president should be for America first. Just like I expect every other government, Putin should be looking out for Russia's interests.
2: Well, number one, Mr. Putin understands exactly what you just said. Nobody questions uh, if Mr. Putin is for Russia first. I mean, he says it. Everybody understands that. It's Here in America, we're confused about this. And, folks, if you want to make this simple, because some of this, it gets, you know, we, we get down into the fracking and some of the details of energy policy. Just tell you what to do. Go and fill up your car. Go to the gas station and fill up your car, you probably need to take out a house loan first and get some extra money to see if you can afford it because that's what happened to me, Ed, over the weekend. Uh, Last week, Wesley was talking about, uh, or Walker was talking about, filling up his SUV and how much it was. I got sticker shock over the weekend when I had to fill up my SUV. There's a reason this is happening. This is what happens when you bring in a radical left-wing, virtually socialist administration, they shut down the Keystone Pipeline. They cozy, up to, uh, they cozy up to Putin and the Russians. I'm sure this meeting is going to be a really fine time. I mean, Putin's going to say he's glad for Joe Biden to be in office because now we are importing oil from Russia at a record pace. The world has turned upside down. We were much better off in terms of energy policy six months ago than we are today.
1: You know, Fred, one of the things that strikes me is that I do not think – now, I'll be honest. I don't know exactly where Joe Biden's coming from in terms of what goes on in his head, okay? But I do know that the radical left of the Democratic Party, which seems to be running the show, have come out and said that higher gas prices is good for America. You know, that's what the Obama administration was saying – that is what the leftists are saying. That is what the New Green Deal is arguing. I don't think they're concerned that gas prices are going up because it is their belief we're too spoiled because of the low prices we've had and we'll never change our ways until we're forced to with high prices. I think they're intentional about what they're doing. Now they, they think it is best for America – But the second half of the sentence is they believe it's best for America for us to be a globalist partner, not a country that only thinks about itself. And the way for us to get in line with the Paris Accords and all the other kind of things they want us to do is to make us pay at the pump and pay with high energy prices. And then we will get with the game, get with the program and be energy-efficient Green New Deal. I think they want this.
0: Yeah, I I don't think there's any question about it. In the election campaign, and certainly since uh, uh, the inauguration of Joe Biden, we have seen that policy in play. I mean, we talked about Keystone. That was one of the first things he did within 24 hours of the inauguration.
1: He put a halt to that. How many thousands of jobs?
0: 11,000 jobs. (laughs) He didn't care. No, he says, well, they'll get good green jobs. What about the Obama when he
1: was elected? President Obama, he said, we're going after the coal industry.
0: Yeah. We're going to destroy it. Yes. Yeah, I remember remember even before that Hillary Clinton meeting with coal miners in West Virginia uh, and basically telling them, you're going to be out of work when I get elected. Yes. Yeah, that was really good, you know. No wonder the coal industry. And and so I, I think you're exactly right, Ed. This administration wants the American people... Uh, to uh, be forced into other forms of energy, i.e. electric energy. But has has been pointed out, where does the electricity come from right we now? We are not ready to make that switch. No. No, Nobody I, is. We're, we're not going to. I, right. I'm sorry. How are you going to fuel a Boeing 747 Right. with electricity? I'm, it just doesn't happen that way. The electricity, as we say, has to come from somewhere else. Remember that... That moment back a couple of months ago, wasn't that the the head of uh, GM or something like that? They were, you know, big big news conference with Biden, and they were plugging in their electric car up there. And some reporter, I'm not sure if they still have a job with their radio station or TV station, said, "Where does electricity come from? Well, it comes from the building. The building. (laughs) (laughs) But where does the building get the electricity, Miss President?" Oh, it comes from the utility, and then they asked the utility guy, and he
1: said, "Well, ninety percent of it's from coal, Come from on, the coal-fired plants." We all
0: know this.
1: Listen, I think Ray, I think it's great that technology is improving. I think it's fantastic. I watched. Uh, I was watching. Uh, no surprise here for those who listen uh, to this program regularly. I was watching a hockey game uh, over the weekend. It wasn't my team. They got bounced out. Uh, but I was watching, and they had a, an advertisement for Father's Day coming up, which is this coming Sunday. And they were, and it was uh, a, a, about power tools, and they were talking about five minute recharge on your batteries for your power tools. Uh-huh. And I thought that's awesome, uh-huh. five minute recharge. I'm glad all that's improving. Uh-huh. That is a good thing that we develop all sorts of different. Sure. Energy sources,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, non renewable, renewable, have a mix of all that. But you know what, Ray? There's no way in the next hundred years we can get rid of fossil fuels because all of that, well, all that other stuff comes to a screeching halt without uh, fossil fuels.
2: Well, first of all, Lynn, I like the way you slipped Father's Day right on there. <laughs> it was just so smooth. That's right. This is, Don't this forget, is Monday, folks. Father's Day's coming up Sunday. That's we right. Just- just, That's just right. Throw, just throwing that out there. And the other thing is, yes, I'm all for the 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 further development of of uh, electrical power. These electric powered cars, the Tesla, you know, whatever. That the that the technology is improving all the time, right? So we're in favor of that. But where does the electricity come from? It right. it comes from fossil fuels. We're not going to be able to get away from that.
1: Yeah. And 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 I don't want to belabor the point i I just i just think it's important i I think it is important that the discussion be had amongst the american people about energy policy but i think it is ludicrous to expect that a country of 330 million people many of whom have older homes Mm -hmm. have older cars it is ludicrous to expect that within 10 years we can revamp the entire landscape here uh, the the kind the, the kind of pain and suffering and financial chaos that that would create when we're talking about 10 years yeah 2030 less than less than 10 years this is this is chaotic that what they're, what they're planning and i'm not sure that that some of the per, a certain percentage of those on the left aren't looking forward to the pain for the rest of America.
0: Well, And the thing is, as other people have said, we have almost 100 years of fossil fuel energy still to tap into. Right. Why not use that? Uh, Why not improve gas-fired engines, oil-fired engines? Which they've done. Which they have done remarkably. Right. And cutting down on the emissions, the CO2 emissions. I I, I just don't know. I, I see this as appeasing a certain group of people out there with a very left-wing philosophy. I'm with you. Uh, when you can develop other avenues of energy, that's fine. But along with what it's going to do to gas prices, it's the price of groceries. It's the price of everything else. Right. The goods that are shipped to your supermarket are all going to go up in price. You know
1: it's Synthetic clothing yes. is is made with petroleum. Yes. Uh, there, there was an example last week where the mm-hmm. head of a company, a mm-hmm. uh, petroleum company, was making fun of i, I forget now which clothing company it was who was virtue signaling
0: levi strauss i think it was <laughs>
1: and and the head of this uh this petroleum company said uh your your clothing that you're selling mm-hmm. is made with petroleum yes you know so have fun closing down your company if you want to get rid of fossil fuels i i I anyway i, I don't want to like i said i don't want to kick a dead horse. Uh, this this seems to be part of the uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. These aren't the sharpest knives in the drawer. They don't really know much about the world. I go back to AOC's comments when she was asked uh, by a member of the mainstream media about the two-state solution in the <laughs> Middle East, Israel and the Palestinians. And she, her answer was, well, I, I'm not much on foreign policy. Well. <laughs> You're not much on energy policy either. You don't really know that much.
3: Mm-mm.
1: You're not much on economic policy. You, uh, Your actions kept Amazon from opening up a major—
0: uh, uh, 20,000 jobs.
1: 20,000 jobs. Yeah. So you have a lot of these people on the far left who don't seem to live in the real world, but they want to try to bring us into their Alice in Wonderland creation. So. Yes. All right, folks, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, more uh, about what has happened over the weekend, including big news out of Israel and uh, some of the other news that will affect you or that you'll want to know about. You're listening to American Family Radio. This show is Today's Issues, and we're going to take a short break, and we will be back. You're listening to AFR. Please join us. On the next Today's Issues, we'll talk with Dr. Frank Turek of
3: I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. You know, there are two questions when you're looking at the New Testament. Now, the first question, do we have an accurate copy of the New Testament documents, is pretty much a settled question, even among skeptical scholars. The second question is where more debate comes in, where they tell them the truth. Did they invent this? How much is truth? How much is error? Don't miss the next Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family
0: Radio.
2: What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God?
0: After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality.
3: There are only two sexes, male or female, My hormone
0: blockers. In his image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit inhisimage.movie. You're made in the image of God.
3: Hello Americans! I'm Todd Starns with news and commentary next. If you're a first responder, you know the right training can make all the difference in a crisis. At Liberty University, we know the right training can make all the difference for your future. So we're proud to offer you a 25% discount on our more than 450 online degree programs. Combine this discount with our generous military benefits if you or your spouse also have military experience. Learn more about getting the right training at Liberty University by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. In twenty sixteen, doctor Russell Moore, the head of the Southern Baptist Convention's Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, said Donald Trump was leading the Jimmy Swaggart wing of evangelicalism. He literally compared evangelicals who supported Trump to a television evangelist who cheated on his wife with a prostitute. Over the past four years, a good many elected leaders of the Southern Baptist Convention have made Trump supporters feel as if we had committed a heinous sin against God by supporting a pro life defender of religious liberty. We have endured ridicule and scorn from a small but powerful group of leaders who used every political tool in their arsenal while preaching from their pulpits that their opposition to Trump had nothing to do with politics, hogwash. Southern Baptists are weary of these unfounded and unfair attacks. And on Tuesday, I believe messengers to the annual convention are going to say enough. I'm Todd Stearns. In him we were also chosen as God's own having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything by the counsel of His will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be for the praise of His glory. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12.
1: American Family Radio.
0: This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues.
1: And welcome back, everybody. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wilman this week. I am joined in studio by Fred Jackson, news director for onenewsnow.com, and Dr. Ray Pritchard of Keep Believing Ministries. He is piping in from Kansas City. And uh, Fred, uh, before we get back to the news, because I, I do want us to go back to the G7 and President Biden and Russia and China, so on and so forth. But tell our listeners a little bit about One News Now and what people can get. That is a great source for news. Uh, and let people know where that news comes from, how they can get it, how much it costs. Hmm. No, it's free. <laughs> it's spoiler free. alert. Spoiler alert.
0: Well, uh, you know, we talked about this off the top of the program. We consider it a great privilege uh, here at American Family Radio uh, and in our news service, onenewsnow.com, American Family Radio News that you hear at the top of the hour to do what we do each day. Uh, because, And the difference is in our information services, our news services, we know it's all uh, connected to spiritual warfare, right? what's going on out there. Uh, we have the secular world that wants to move our country, the United States, away from godly principles upon which this country was founded. And uh, so much of our programming, our news comes from that perspective, which is what makes our new service, onenewsnow.com, unique in that we keep when we see stuff going on in the world, for instance, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Israel's had to change of government, and uh, so we're going to get a Christian perspective on that. What does that mean uh, when, in biblical terms? What does it mean in biblical terms when you have a change of government in this country that promotes things like abortion and promotes every kind of sexual immorality? What does that mean? We get a Christian perspective on that. So we put it all together. We have it in our radio newscast, but each day we also produce a print version of those stories on onenewsnow.com. You can go there. You can have a look at that web page and read those stories. But in addition to all of that, we offer a daily email, a news brief. We send it to your email account. We don't charge you for it. We, we don't pester you. We don't sell that email address to anybody else. Uh, we just send you a daily summary of that, the highlights of what we're doing each day, will come to your email box, usually about mid-afternoon, central time, and it's all there for you. It's tremendous. Uh, I, I've often said this. It's a tremendous resource for pastors, for Sunday school teachers. You want to talk about the events of the day from a Christian perspective, you're welcome to use that kind of material uh, that we provide you each day. So go to our website, onenewsnow.com. Over on the right-hand side, you can sign up for that daily news brief, Monday to Friday, about mid-afternoon, you'll get that daily news brief absolutely free of charge.
1: Amen. It's good stuff, folks. Uh, check it out, one onenewsnow.com. All right. We were talking before the break, Fred, uh, and then we were talking a little bit during during the break because we continue talking about <laughs> these kinds of issues even when we're not on the air temporarily. Um, the, the Biden administration, the differences between it and the Trump administration, Trump being so forceful. Uh, I know that in in some senses that uh, worked against him with some people. They didn't like how blunt he was, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, the nation's enemies knew where he stood, not so much with the Biden administration. And when we're dealing with countries like North Korea, Iran, China, Russia, who don't have our nation's best interests at heart, Mm -hmm. uh, they look for strength. Yes, that's what they respect. Mm -hmm. They look for a clear dividing line. You can't cross this line or else they're not getting it with the Biden administration. The foreign policy of the new administration seems
0: confused at best. Yes, not certainly not as strong. And it was on display again this weekend. uh, President Biden in a speech and he was talking about. Uh, giving aid uh, to countries that are in conflict. And we know there are are citizens of these countries like Syria uh, that are hurting because of their... their, They're caught in the middle. They're caught in the middle of all of this. But people had to give a second look because President Biden, in talking about humanitarian aid for a country like Syria, kept referring to Syria as Libya. Have a listen. Here's an example. Cut one. We could work together with Russia, for example, uh, in, uh, in Libya. We should be opening up the, 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 the
2: passes to be able to go through and provide, uh, provide uh, um, food assistance and economic, assi- I mean, vital assistance to uh, a population that's in real trouble. And, for example, the rebuilding of, uh, of, uh, of Syria, of, uh, of Libya, of, you know, this is, they're there that we can find an accommodation that where we can save the lives of people in, for example, in in Libya. uh,
0: uh... You know, it it is sad. And we talked about this during the election campaign last year. Uh, Joe Biden, 78 years old, is not as sharp as he used to be. That happens. Right. That happens. It's it's not a Democrat-Republican thing. Right. That happens. But when you're the president of the United States and you're in charge of foreign policy, when he kept confusing, and you heard it there, and that's why I think his handlers— That was
1: three times, wasn't it?
0: Three times. That's why his handlers, I think, are very nervous about allowing reporters to interview him, because he got himself in trouble three times there. He was dealing with Syria— and the humanitarian crisis there, it has nothing to do with Libya, but he kept bringing up Libya for some reason. That's not what the topic was about in this case. And, uh, you know, as you saw there, he, I think he tried to correct himself, but he kept going back to that. This is the kind of thing that world leaders like Putin, like the Chinese leadership, they look at a world leader who, who, who talks this way and makes these kinds of mistakes trying to articulate a point, And when he keeps making those kinds of mistakes, they look at that kind of weakness and you know what their first thought is. We can take advantage of this person.
1: Yeah. Ray, I think we all know from human nature that, uh, the bad actors. And I put China in that category, Iran, North Korea, uh, uh possibly Russia in terms of their desires to undermine us. Um, Bad actors respect strength. Uh, this administration, I don't think we're being unfair here. If, if this had been the first time that Joe Biden had stumbled a little bit in a speech, uh, I'd say, okay, it happens to everybody. Everyone gets tired. But this goes on and on and on and on with this president. I think some of these so-called bad actors are wondering who's in charge. Who was is, who is the uh, the head of state that called Kamala Harris president? Was, it, was that the Guatemalan president?
0: I believe it was, yes. Uh,
1: uh, that When she was visiting, he said, I, yeah. I called her pre- uh, president. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are a lot of people, Ray, who are wondering who's in charge of the United States and who's calling the shots, and is there, uh, is there a a certainty within the Biden administration about what they will do if X, Y, or Z happens? And if you don't have that, as Fred said, that's when people decide to take chances.
2: Well, first of all ed that 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 gaff, the repeated gaff m- mixing up Syria and Libya happens once, okay, happened twice, okay, happened a third time, but you see the number of these clips from the g seven meeting. He looks confused, he looks like he doesn't know where he's going, he's very slow in giving answers, his wife is directing him, come here, honey, you know, all of this stuff. Any one of those is understandable, but taken together with the other instances we've been talking about over the months. Look, folks, this isn't about Republicans or Democrats. This isn't a left-wing, right-wing kind of thing. You live long enough, Ed, this is going to happen to most of us, right. right? It's just, it's a function of age. We're not saying it has anything to do with this political ideology, but it is frightening to think about. We've got a man in the Oval Office, the leader of the United States, You wonder what will happen in a moment of great crisis because that always does come, right? Right, And always comes what will happen in the moment of great crisis. Uh, You're exactly right, whether it's North Korea, whether it's certainly China, but Russia too. They respect one thing and one thing only, resolute strength. Say whatever else you want to say about Donald Trump, but he was a man who projected resolute strength they respected that on the other side. Frankly, they're taking advantage of President Biden's. I don't want to call it incapacity, but the difficulty he has, like we saw in that clip, it's it's got to be alarming for his family. It's got to be
0: alarming for the people behind the scenes in the White House. To your point, uh, both you and Ray, uh, Ed, there's a story, and this comes from the Associated Press. You'll find it on onenewsnow.com. I just put it up before I came in the studio. This is AP's headline. Some U.S. allies near Russia are wary of Biden-Putin's summit. They're afraid. And, and part of this story, I invite you to go ahead and read it. And I know foreign affairs sometimes gets very complicated, but here's one example. Apparently, President Biden had a conversation by phone with the Ukrainian leadership prior to the G7 meeting. According to the Ukrainians they said that Biden was willing to entertain the idea of allowing Ukraine to to join NATO. Well, apparently they got some feedback from the Russians on that. The Russians do not uh, regard if Ukraine was to join NATO, they would see that as an aggressive move. All of a sudden, the White House changed the narrative of that phone call to say, Ukrainians brought that up. Biden didn't make any commitment whatsoever. So, see, if that was Donald Trump, he would say, yeah, I think it's a good idea the Ukraine joined NATO. Given the aggression uh, of of the Russians against Ukraine, I think we should protect the Ukraine. But there you have the White House backing away because they don't want to offend Putin on this. And I'll tell you what, the other concern, great concern there is right now, especially the fact that Israel has a new prime minister, there's no Donald Trump anymore. There is growing concern that the Biden administration is going to capitulate to the Iranians on this Iran deal. Well let's there's let's go real- ahead and
1: get into this story because it, it it's it wasn't a surprise over the weekend that Benjamin Netanyahu he's the the longest serving prime minister of the country 12 years I think. Yes. Yes. And uh but it's it's there's there's a lot of political confusion over there or a lot of uh political fluidity let's put it that way and in a very narrow vote Netanyahu is out. So uh let's let's I guess let's get into that story because It does impact what we're talking about in terms of the U.S., Israel, Iran, even European countries who have kind of pandered to the Iranians Mm -hmm. all along during the Trump administration. Let's let's get into the
0: Yeah, there was one hundred and twenty members of the Knesset. Uh, The vote last night to vote out Netanyahu was 60, 59. Uh, To your point, I don't know. There, there has to be, what, 15 parties, political parties. If you thought American politics was complicated, <laughs> yes. you ain't seen anything yet until you go to Israel. I mean, you've got some parties that have, I think, less, fewer than 10 people. Right. 10, 10 votes. So it was 60-59. Uh, but the new prime minister of Israel is Naftali Bennett. Now, I wouldn't describe Bennett as a liberal, but... Uh, but it's very interesting. He has come into a political firestorm. And it's really interesting if you read the history of this. The accusations made against Netanyahu are very familiar to the accusations that were made against Trump. Uh, but uh, in in, in, the, in this case, in the Israeli case, here's where it's different. Netanyahu is still going to be in the government. Right. He's still head of the Likud party there. And uh, last night he gave a speech which gave an indication he ain't going away quietly. Right. At all. He's going to stay in there. He's going to fight. In fact, uh, he was very clear that he's very concerned about the Biden administration and the dangers of the United States now embracing going back to the Iranian deal under Barack Obama and lifting sanctions against Iran to allow them to develop nuclear weapons. Now, The Biden administration says, no, 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 we're going to keep an eye on that. If you lift sanctions against them, the Iranians are going to do what the Iranians are going to do. Right. They are a threat to Israel. And so now there's concern, and Netanyahu wasn't trying to hide that last night. So you have a change of government there. There is concern that this new Israeli government will get together with the Biden administration to reopen this deal with the Iranians. And we know how the Iranians feel about Israel. They want Israel wiped off the face of the earth. So uh, there's concern in Washington for Israeli supporters, and there certainly is now concern in Israel that perhaps this new administration and working with the Biden administration is increasing the threat from Iran.
1: You know, Ray, I don't know anything about this, uh, the, the new uh, leader of the coalition government. And that's when you have these kinds of parliamentary uh, uh, systems, that's what you have. You have multiple parties and you have to get a coalition, you have to get you know, four or five different parties together, so you can combine the votes, and then each party gets what they want in the new coalition government. But so I don't know anything about uh, Naftali Bennett. I don't. Is it Naftali or Naftali? I don't. I don't even know how you pronounce that. Bennett. I can pronounce that. <laughs> I don't think that's probably uh, any different than we would pronounce it over here. But Ray, I, I would have to be very nervous as a Christian. Of course, I have a great deal of uh, concern for Israel. And the, uh, the fact that our, our Iran wants to get nuclear weapons to obliterate Israel, I mean, that's been what religious leaders in that country have said. So um, what's, what's your take? Uh, what, have, what do you see? I mean, none of us knows, but what do you see from this uh, weekend's events? It's a complete events?
2: and total mess over yeah. there. I mean, they've had, what, four elections in two years, which just wears people out. And I think that's a big part of it. I think I think six months ago it was impossible for this Bennett guy to, to, to be where he is today, but I think inside the Knesset they are weary of one election after another where Netanyahu almost, you know, he can almost <laughs> form a government, then he can't. He's got those, <clears throat> you know, these allegations hanging over his head, yet he's still going to be in the government. I think you've put your finger on it. Look, it's a mess because you've got, as Fred said, you've got – the, the Labour Party, the Lakhd Party, then you've got these Orthodox parties, then these ultra Orthodox yeah. parties, and you've got Arab coalitions and socialist coalitions. So, uh, it it really, it, from an American point of view, we're used to two party a two party right. system, and they just got a a, a soup over there of political <laughs> parties. I think the thing that is worrisome to me is what you put your finger on, Ed. What are the Iranians going to do? We talked a moment ago about strength versus weakness. Right now, it would appear from a governmental point of view, at least when Netanyahu, Netanyahu was the prime minister, he projected strength. This new guy, Bennett, he has no strength. If They brought the Arabs into the governing coalition for the first time ever. I just worry about what the Iranians are going to do, because if they get a chance to strike, don't kid yourself, they will do it.
1: Well, and everybody knew what Netanyahu would do in response. That, right. That's the thing we were talking about with uh, with Trump. Listen, I have no idea whether sanctions my, – my sense was always sanctions, the best you could hope for is you probably slow Iran down from getting nuclear weapons. I don't think short of a military operation you can stop it or short of an overthrow of their totalitarian government – could you stop it? But the but the sanctions seemed to be a way to slow it down. But you always had in the background the option was always on the table for the Israelis to do something militarily. I mm-hmm. remember how many times we talked mm-hmm. about, what you know, would the Trump administration give cover to the Israelis if they wanted to strike a, a plant here or, or do that to, to, to put a wrench in the Iranian plans to get a nuclear weapon? So – does Naft- Naftali Bennett have that same principle mm-hmm. that if we have to strike militarily, we will? Who knows? Yeah. But that's what Ray's saying. Mm-hmm. When, when your opponent doesn't know, sometimes they're willing to take a chance. Yes. And that, that would be a bad thing.
0: Yeah. I, I would hope uh, the sensitivity of the new prime minister, Bennett, is uh, that he will still be strong in the way of defense of Israel. I'll never forget a phrase that Netanyahu had back a few years ago. He talked about Israel. We live in a rough neighborhood. <laughs> yes, that's, and that's the phrase he that's used. For sure. I mean, on the Mediterranean, you got Hamas terrorists in Gaza. You got Hezbollah uh, in Lebanon. Syria is an ally of Iran. So
1: you got Turkey north <laughs> of everybody. <laughs> yes.
0: So you got they're surrounded. Uh, by these Israel-hating people. I don't know how you could survive as a prime minister of Israel and not say, this is a priority for us. Yeah, You know, uh, you're not going to have peace with Hamas. Right. They're not interested in peace. Right. Same with Hezbollah. So you can't blame Netanyahu over the last 12 years. There was a a former head of Mossad last week saying, yeah, Israel has gone into uh, Iran a couple of times and did some bombing. Yeah. They go into Syria. When the Iranians are shipping up weapons into Syria, Israel's going to take care of business. Yeah. They have to in order to survive because they got so many countries surrounding them that want them wiped off the face of the earth.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and there was there were always rumors that that uh, Stuxnet virus that mm-hmm. hit Iran originated mm-hmm. in Israel. That That might have been from the Bush administration. I don't remember if that was under Bush or under Obama, but— um, yeah, listen, uh, Hamas, Hezbollah, their very existence depends on conflict with Israel. They are not interested in peace. They, along with the Iranians and others want Israel obliterated. And so we're just gonna have to wait and see folks. We encourage you to be praying, uh, for the new leader, Naftali Bennett, that, uh, that he will, uh, keep Israel's security. I, I have foremost. a question, sure.
2: Fred, you said that, that the vote was 60 to 59, right? Correct, yes. To, okay, that's one vote, right? Yeah. yeah, That's one vote. So he's out by one vote, which shows you how fragile the mm. situation is. Mr. Bennett is not in a strong position right. no. in any way. Does that mean if one person changed his vote, I mean, would there be another vote, and Netanyahu would be back in? Then is that it,
0: it was that close? I,
1: I think uh, I'm not I'm not quite sure, but Ray, I I, I I will just say this: I think with this kind of government, you can call for a vote of confidence. Yes, of, of the current you know uh, prime minister, the leader of the coalition g- uh, government, and you could, and then if there's a no vote, I think you then call for another election. But like you said, this is a very precarious position for Bennett. 60 to 59 vote, one misstep, and you could have people calling for, uh, you know, we want to vote. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, that kind of parliamentary setup does lead to that, and you could have a, another government in place. I don't know how often they can do it, but wow.
2: It's a hot mess.
1: We complain about our government, but yes. at least we got four years of, you <laughs> know, right. one person yeah. and uh, and and, you know barring something dramatic, they stay in office for four years. Some people may say that's too long, whatever, but it's not like it is in parliamentary setups. All right, what else you got?
0: Let's uh, bring it back home for a few minutes before we go to news at 11. You know, we've been talking about last week, we talked quite a bit about what's going on in school districts like Loudoun County in Virginia, Fairfax County. There is a rebellion growing by parents, by teachers, by students against critical race theory and all kinds of other politically correct uh, things that are trying to, let's face it, school districts are trying to shove down the throats of of kids. All right. Well, uh, one of the latest fronts is uh, Randolph Township. Randolph Township is in New Jersey. And there, apparently some people were offended by calling a break in November Thanksgiving break right. or calling Christmas Christmas break Columbus Day they Columbus, didn't like any of it really uh, I guess that's offending a bunch of people according to the school board well uh, the Randolph Township school board decided to take this step which is crazy we're not going to name any time that we take off we're going to call the day in November a day off yeah
1: that's, that's what it says on the calendar
0: a day off day off Christmas a day off oh man all right so one parent uh, he is out and outraged about this. The parent's name is Tom Tatum. He was interviewed on Fox this morning. Cut eight.
2: I would like to make a motion to change the calendar to not reflect any name, holiday, or ethnic group.
0: Ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, can, this is, again, this is not a debate. Our Board of Education and our superintendent has failed. They failed
2: our students. They failed our parents. They failed our teachers. And they failed our community.
3: It all started, uh, they wanted to rename Columbus Day Indigenous Peoples Day. And that got the ball rolling. And there was so much tumult, they said, you know what, let's just get
1: rid of all the names and just put day off. What, in talking to your fellow parents out there in the Randolph Township, what are they saying about the people who are on the school board making these decisions?
0: Yeah, I mean, the. are the overwhelming majority of the the township population feels that they've grossly overstepped their bounds, that they're completely pushing their own personal political ideologies. And that's what's happening. And I mean, the question that then gets asked, well, how did these people get elected? Right. Well, they, they don't talk about these kinds of things during an election campaign, but when they get in there, their whole goal is to make these dramatic changes.
1: Well, I'll tell you this Ray, uh, Ray, uh, uh, I keep calling you Frey. I don't know why. You're in the fray. I mean, with the, the fray, rest of us, right. brother. Uh, but uh, Ray, um, I'll tell you one good thing that's come out of all this controversy over the transgender promotion and also critical race theory is parents increasingly are getting involved. Mm.
2: Well, we're seeing these these good grassroots American people. They are speaking up. They are going to meetings. They are standing at the microphone. And they are forcing the issue on the table. Good for them. Good for We, we need that, Ed, all across the country.
1: Absolutely. And we need it times 100, folks. So uh, show up, speak up, get involved. That's part of what uh, our mission has always been here at American Family Association. Uh, our mission is to inform, equip, activate, get involved. All right, we're going to take a five-minute break for news. And when we come back, there'll be more of today's issues. You're listening to the American Family Radio Network, again, back in five.
3: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.